Well, Rachel is stunning. You know what? It's so nice to have positive vibes on the podcast because your son doesn't give me confidence. Well, you know, I watch you guys. I see him. That's what he does. That's what he does to people who he actually loves, though. Mm -hmm. Tell me all the secrets. Tell me all the secrets. I'm getting ready to give you some real tips, though. What you really need to know is, like, people he's absolutely crazy about, he respects, and he he really likes, and he appreciates their talent. That's what he does. So I don't know why we would prefer to be kissed and. Hug and cuddle, but he doesn't do that. He like pluck you in the side of your head or uh-huh. say little things to you like, not so great. You know, you've done an excellent job and you know you have. And he's like, well, you know, you need a little improvement to go in there. You, know, <laughs> you could do that, you know, right. but he loves you absolutely. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Right, so, I love the insight. Wait, wait, so Thought Warriors, what you're hearing right now is the voice of, uh, oh, look at her drinking. Uh, the voice of I've earned the right to drink. You yes, have you earned have. the right to drink of the other it. part of me, my soulmate. Um, actually, not my soulmate, my soul creator. I don't know how to. I don't. There. I don't have no, the actually, adjectives. I don't have the adjectives to discuss. I can. I can easily be your soulmate. Okay, you can be. Yeah, this I is my mom. Easily be your soulmate because See? your soulmate is not necessarily somebody you're in love with. It's Right. Person who you love and respect. I can be yourself. Right. Okay. So there it is. I can't get the intro. It's Crystal Ellis. My mother is joining us today. Parents Day here on Higher Learning. Everybody clap for my mama Woo! right now. Mom. Thank you, guys. Mom. Mom. First of all, mama, what, what you what you drinking on? This is a little um Cavassier. Cavassier. Yeah. Okay. A little cognac. So why are we drinking? Because I want to. And I okay. can. <laughs> I'm years old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you can. And you even have it in the proper glass. Yes. Like she's sipping. You're a whole mood right now. You know, my, my whole thing. I can do right. that. So you know mama, I can. I know, I know, I know that you can. I know that you can. Look, don't, don't, don't look. Mama, I want uh there's a lot of stuff we can talk about, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sure Rachel has a lot of questions that have to do with me and stuff like that. It is Parents Day. We're, we, we're, we're celebrating the That's holidays. all I want. That's all I ask for. You, you but, want that real, don't Mom, you? that's all I want. Yes. But before <laughs> we do it, can you please tell the story of you and Keith Knighton uh, uh, with the etching pencil <laughs> uh, when you got to... to Because uh, this is... A, to Glasgow Middle School, yes. This is going to give you guys an example of where I come from and how I look at the world and how long we've been going through some of the things we've been going through yes. as Black people. Mom, tell everybody what happened to you when you got transferred First to Glasgow day. Middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, let me explain this. None of us Black kids wanted to go. So everybody who thought integration was a big thing and that we all wanted to run there and go to school, we absolutely did not because we left teachers who treated us like mothers and loved us. But just so happens the first day I was going to Glasgow and I got off the bus. So I, was, I was always a lingerer because I didn't kind of chill with groups too much. So I lingered, got off the bus and the duty teacher was standing up against the pole and 
this big, tall monster of a white guy. He was huge, you know. To me, I mean, I was only like, you know, I'm only like, at that time, I was like like five, two or five, three. I was running tracks. I was like a hundred and some pounds, right? So he turned around when I when I got off the bus and he said something. He said, um, nigger. You know, said you can't find your way, nigger. And when he said nigger, I just kind of looked at him and I said, your mammy is a nigger. That's true. I, I mean, I didn't know what else to say but that. You know, right. that's who the nigga is, you know, a piece of dried up shit who does not know how to act with people because that's what a nigga is. And so he took me, he turned around and he took his fist. He punched me in my eye. He he actually assaulted me in such a way that after he punched me in my eye, mm. I ran and I jumped on his back and he flipped me over his back and he took his foot and he stomped me in my stomach. <gasps> And the duty teacher was standing up against the pole smoking a cigarette. Just this little girl, right, from South Baton Rouge. And he was huge. So my eye was messed up and I was hurting. And when I went to my first hour class, it was art, right? And so he was standing at the table, you know, in the corner. And he did not see me walk in. He You happened to be in your first period art class. He was right there, right there. That's because God will do things for you, amen. Mm-hmm. And he was standing there, and I looked at him, and I saw etching pencil. And I I tell people care. what the etching pencil is. An etching pencil. Tell him. So the etching pencil is the pencil. It's like the pencil on one side, right? But then on the other side, it's got the little spike thing, like the little metal thing, right? You guys have seen this. You use it to make a circle or whatever. It's called compass etching pencil or whatever. Yeah. Right? So that was one of those. So I saw him. <laughs> And I grabbed the etching pencil and I walked up behind him and I just like stabbed him three quick times. And he screamed. He screamed like a little whining baby. I'm like, what kind of punk are you? You know, you have just. You stabbed me him up. in the back with an etching pencil. Three quick yes. times. Three quick three times. Quick times. <laughs> yeah. Three quick times. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I, I did. And so what happened was the, the children of the class. Ran to, ran to get the principal or the assistant principal. But in the meantime, here comes the teacher and she faints, of course. That's what <laughs> white ladies was doing back then. She faints, right, which made it all the worse. And blood was spewing out of him everywhere. And he was screaming. And I was standing there looking at him like, how are you screaming for? Why are you? I really, my, and going through my mind, I'm like, you have just beat me unmercifully. And right. you're standing here screaming because I stabbed you in the back. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. Right? Okay. Why are you? I mean, I, I understand. Wait, it. he was I, the guard or he was a student? He was no, he was a student just like me. And this is the first day? First day. So, but let me tell you how good, how, how things happened. So, of course, I walked from Glasgow, which was, it was almost like, I would say four miles. So I walked from Glasgow to our house, right? To the home where we lived. Mm-hmm. By the time I got there, my dad was coming um, to home because he was working at the post office. So he got home. I walked in. He looked at my, like my, oh, before I tell you that, the assistant principal took my hand and put it behind my back and he twisted it up and dislocated it and put his Mm. foot in my back and pushed me off campus. So that's where I was. That's where us little black kids, that's what we had to experience with no counseling, nobody to defend us really except our parents. So my dad goes, gets me in the car. We go back to the school. Of course, the assistant principal coward locked himself in the office, wouldn't come out. You know what's going to happen. 
Right. And then I get expelled. So there was one girl, I'm not going to call her full name because I've checked on all these people are still alive. I don't know. But anyway, um, the, there was one girl, it's a white girl. And she witnessed, she said, no, this is what happened. She, she hurt, right? He stabbed her. So I ended up. No, he beat her up. Not you stabbed him, but she, she vouched for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I stabbed him, but she, she witnessed to the stabbing. She was ridiculed the entire school year. Like when I said she was treated like shit, she was. The teachers, kids, white kids, like they hated her because she took up for me. Oh, the only thing happened to Steve was that they uh, put him out of school and then sent him to another school district so he could finish. What happened to me was I ended up at the school board. My parents had to go to the school board. We have a head of trial. They had to say that, you know, I had to have a witness that said what he did to me. But that's what happened the first day. Mm. I did not, we didn't want to be integrated. You didn't want to be integrated. Interesting. Did not Why? want to be integrated. For reasons like this. Mm. What so we, grade? You know, uh, seventh grade. Mm. We didn't want to be integrated. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because they took us from teachers who were like us, who had an interest in us, and who loved us, and sent us to teachers who hated us. You know how it feels to be sitting in the assembly and guys are getting bricks and putting them in socks and swinging them and just throwing them on your side and busting you in the head? And when, is- we start do- when we start doing it back, the principal said, I don't care. Wh- whatever direction comes, I'm going to expel the whole area. Where'd they get the bricks from, though? How did huh? how, who was bringing bricks to an assembly? Was they like handing out bricks like before y'all walked in there? Like where was I the bricks? No, the white kids were doing it. We brought ours, our own. You know, we had ours in our purses and our backpacks on the bus because we gotten tired of it. So what they you're telling on, me? Would, you're, you're telling me is before school, y'all would like round up bricks. I mean, we started doing it when they did it. So it's a savage time <laughs> we're living in because no. I'm I, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying think about that. It's going, y'all having an assembly. Maybe the assembly is to go over new cafeteria rules or something like that. And y'all know that the assembly is Tuesday. So what y'all do is y'all bring bricks to school to throw at each other. This is a Mississippi Bryant type. Defending themselves. That was not something that we as black students invented. Right. We we had, we learned to come to assemblies and duck. I mean, seriously, they would bring. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) What? Son. Wait a minute. We learned to duck. Oh shit! Oh, excuse I'm me, Mama. Not, I'm like, not, wait, 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 I'm wait, not wait, 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 wait! I don't believe this one. So, you know, so well, let me ask you a question, Mama, real quick, just real quick. How many times did somebody have to get hit in the head before y'all learned to duck? Y'all didn't learn to duck the first time. The, the, the it's coming. Oh, it's just a brick. But then after, how many times did somebody have to hit before we y'all really didn't said, think it was going to be? Uh, it didn't. We we did not think as students that that would keep up. Keep up. You know, I know. Open. I know, right. son. You, <laughs> Well, I would say by that for maybe the fifth assembly. Wait, 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 wait. Five assemblies of bricks, all right? And on a sixth assembly, so they go together and it's like, listen. Okay. Listen, on the real, y'all need to uh, uh, this assembly, we're gonna try something different. When they throw the bricks. We gonna get out the way, <laughs> Van. <laughs> Van. Rachel, please don't laugh. 
I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Oh, that's listen, let's start with that. Let's start with that. Because listen, that's why I feel like he's deflecting because he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. So let's. It's let's start. Go. Let's start from the beginning. I even put this on social media. I said, "Thought warriors." That's what. That's what we call our listeners. If is there something I didn't say that you were going to be on the podcast, but I'm like, is there a question you want to ask Van's mom? There's anything you could ask. I got a lot of questions. I mean, answers. Wow. So a lot of people want to know, and the main thing people want to know is what Van was like growing up. Van is an excellent storyteller. Excellent. But I know you can tell better stories. And when I say stories, I would like the embarrassing ones, the funny ones, the one, the ones that he has will not tell. I could only get from you. So what was he like? From, a, oh, please. Yes, please. Like I wish quick. I had my, my, my cognac with me. Okay. <laughs> one like quick. Okay, so man, love Superman. Mm-hmm. Love him. The little boy. Superman came out fascinating. Like, he was fascinating. He loved Superman. So, <laughs> if you notice him, if you get up on him close, there's a little dent right here in the middle of his forehead. Lean into the lean into the camera, Van. Lean in, Van. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay, yes, so, I do. So, Van almost caused me a heart attack because, for some reason, Van decided that he was going to get on the steps at the house, up on the top part, and he wanted to press being invisible. So he took. No! We have a story about this. That's what he did. Okay, Van. Remember what and you said he, about me. He was going to use his invisible Superman ability, right? No, it was X-ray vision. X-ray vision. That's right. right. <laughs> X-ray vision. So mm-hmm. Van puts the cape over his head. And for some reason, Van leaped. And when Van leaped, Van hit that concrete pillar and blood just shot everywhere because he, but see, it's still a little mark, a little dip, it's still up in there. Yeah, Oof. it was like, it was like all the way down to like the little yellow meat, right? Oof. And, and he, the thing about it, said he jumped back up, <laughs> jumped <laughs> back up, right? He jumped back up like nothing happened. And me and Miss Alexander was literally having a fit. That's one. losing it. Losing. Did you I think mean, that they couldn't see? Were you? Did you think you were still invisible? I'm. Comp- he made. He, he made fun of me. I, I want you to know, Mom. He made fun of me because I said if I could have any superpower, I would want to be invisible. And he said oh. that that was weird. Now I'm here sorry. we are, and I'm learning. You've been I'm wanting sorry. to be invisible no. since back I'm in the day. Is, I'm she. Sorry. She like she. She was losing it. I like. I looked in my mom's <laughs> eyes. And by the way, I, I think I'm only like three or four at this time. I'm yeah. very young. So maybe a little older, but like I looked at my, I looked at my, I looked at my mom's eyes and I I remember seeing her shiver, seeing her body tremble and they took me to the hospital. I don't remember what happened when I got to the hospital, but I do remember this. How did the stitches come out? Do you remember this mom? No. You were combing my hair one time. (laughs) Like you're talking about stuff that maybe people need to investigate. Like when you were, you were combing my hair one time, one time you were combing my hair and you looked and you were like, is it time for those to come out? And I can't remember who was around. Maybe Kim was there and they were like, Crystal, what you doing? And you started picking at the stitches <laughs> with the comb. You started picking at the sacrifices the mother will make for her children. I never forget this. You started picking at this all of a sudden. 
this, you started taking the stitches out. Well, they were ready to come out. So they they come out. didn't go to the hospital to get the stitches out. You started taking it. You started taking the stitches out, and then I remember under the under the stitches there was like a uh, when they come out, it didn't hurt. It was yeah. just, but there, well, there was dead go. skin and coming off of yeah, that. Scab. I remember, yeah, yeah scab, and scab, and then like I saw the little white part, and then yeah. that scar right there has. It's harder to see now, but that scar has never left. From when I don't don't blame that on mom. You the one who covered yourself up with the cape and took a leap. It was gonna be a scar no matter what. Look, first of all, (laughs) here's the thing that you guys don't have to understand. You guys are looking at this in hindsight. The reality is, what if I would have discovered that I had X-ray vision? Okay. Then what? No. Then what? (laughs) Then what? Then what? I believed in myself. Then and so so I believed in myself. I believed that I could see through. By the way, through a towel is what I put over my head. Exactly. I, be- I believe that I could see through the towel. <laughs> Not and, a curtain, but you might have been able to see a little bit something through a towel. Right. See, I'm, I'm like, what the? I don't. I can't even tell you how 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 shocked I was. Do you remember so, what Dad said? Huh? Do you remember what Dad said? <laughs> no, I don't. Say something wrong with that boy. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well. What else would you like to know? Oh, is is Van a mama's boy? Okay, so I'm going to say that he loves me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that he gives me the respect that I've earned from him, right? And I'm going to say that, for the most part, I believe mm. But he's not so much a mama's boy that he allows me to interfere with what decisions he makes. Okay, that's good. He doesn't, that's that's he doesn't, actually and, the best way to be. Yeah, actually, I don't do that with kids. She doesn't I don't get involved. She doesn't. See, see, here's the here's the thing. Mom, I'm gonna ask you a question. Might be a little bit of a tough question. Okay. You know I'm gonna answer it the way right. I see it. So you guys better watch what you ask me. Okay, so this is this 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 is a tough question. So I, I don't know anyone in my life, I don't know anyone in life who feels for other people like you do who feels the pain of other people. I still remember being in that KFC in Hawthorne. Uh, do you remember this? We're yeah. in the KFC in Hawthorne, and there's a guy in the KFC, and the guy looks like he's a little destitute, looks like he's maybe homeless, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Mom walks over to the guy and tries to give the guy uh, money so he can get something to eat, and then the dude <laughs> takes out a wad of money. A wad a and goes a wad. I'm like, don't worry, baby, I got plenty. That man must have just been <laughs> coming from work. Like he he had a wad of money. You know? uh, but mom just can't, just can't get over. She just feels so deeply for everyone and her children. It's like on ten. It's like mm-hmm. on ten when we go through something, she goes through it worse than what we go through it. Do you in any way? feel like you've devoted too much of your life, your feeling, your energy to the people around you and that you haven't in any way taken enough for yourself? You want an honest answer? The yes. honest yes. answer would be absolutely. And the reason I'm saying that is because uh, we were raised in our generation to give everything to everybody else, to be sure that everybody else was taken care of but us, because we were not considered something to be taken care of during our era. It was my job was to be sure that your 
dad had his his breakfast and his clothes done and that you and Ebony had the clothes you needed and the food you needed and and home cooked meals, you know, and stuff like that. It was, you know, and the way I was working, you knew I was almost hitting 12 hours a day when I was in a loan office and then coming home cooking four meals and then trying to clean up. So if I'm going to answer you honestly, I'm going to say, yes, not that my love for anybody is decreased by what I said to you, but the idea that I realized here at 65 years old that there's so many things that you guys were strong enough to handle that I over nurtured you about, like, like just being that person who had to be there and huddle a little bit. So I would say yes. And then I would say no. So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on that one. I don't, I, there is nothing I wouldn't do for you. You know, there's no place I wouldn't go for you guys, but I should have, um, I should have known myself a little bit better because after your father and I divorced, I had no idea who I was actually. When I did, when I wasn't able to get up, even after <clears throat> our relationship, how it ended, I didn't have the, the ability to get up and truly make a decision. You know, you and Ebony, I was, I was happy because you guys were grown. You were going down your own path. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think that I gave too much to you guys instead of giving more to myself? Yeah. And I, 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 the only reason why, you know, I feel that way, number one, like what you just said, you talked about what sisters go through, you know? And for me, of course I do. Of of course I do. But at that time, I got to be honest with you, I couldn't see it. The only thing I could see was that if you needed something, you went to mama. And now me being 40 years old, I couldn't see what, when people need peace and quiet, when people need you to help them by helping yourself, when people need that, like I couldn't see any of that. Only thing I only thing I could see then was that if I needed something or if I if something had to happen, then there was one person I knew that I could count on. And because of that, you know, I probably went back to the well a little bit too much. And I'm happy now that you are a successful writer and a successful business owner and that you have come to know yourself. And that that makes me happier. Um, that actually makes me happier, honestly, than anything. Yeah, that that's actually you know been able to happen happen for me. And I just I since we're here, um, I am very, like, very proud of you. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you. Don't make Aww. me start crying because you not got on mascara now. No, 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 all, all of us, us. All, <laughs> us, all of us. And, no, I love that you had that moment, Van. Because what I was going to ask your mom is, what is she most proud of you? But I, I, and 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 you definitely, Mama, would love for you to answer. But I love that you took the moment to say what you're proud of her for. And now I, I see, I see where you get so much of you from too. Yeah, it's all. What I'm most proud of, Van. <laughs> is that is his own, he's his own person, right? And he has created a world for himself, you know, outside of what, <laughs> where he came from. Okay? Mm-hmm. He didn't have a shabby, you know, upbringing, but um, he created a world for him for himself, right? So he came out here, out to, went to LA by himself, right? He jumped off and I remember Capricorn, I remember Capricorn, you know, right. he got in there and he worked his way in there. And there was 
There was nothing that somebody could ask him to do that he didn't just go ahead and say, okay, let me do this, right? You know, mm-hmm. let me let me learn this. I'm going to do this because this is knowledge. You know, it was, it was like he humbled himself when he came out here. He learned a lot of lessons too, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't stop, right? He he did not stop. Right? And that's, that's one of the things that I admire about him. And also that his heart, he he is he does have a loving nature, right? He kids a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets frustrated quickly, you know. But his heart, heart is like biggest Texas, right? So when I look at my son and I see him, I am, I, he's amazing to me because I look at somebody who actually struggled and strived to get where they got, and then he had the love of other people. He he actually melted in the to the hearts of others, right? And I could see that by looking at the posts when people came behind him and, you know, and the things that people would say. You know, you see the negative stuff, but, you know, there's a thing you can do for that. But that's what I love most about him. He tries to embrace and he helps. He, I tell you, he loves you. He, he, he wants others around him. He's just not the guy who says, let's try to do it. He wants to see everybody around him successful. Mm-hmm. That's probably maybe because he doesn't want them borrowing money from him, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or to bring him down. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wants to see everybody successful. So that part of him um, and his character, his nature, it's just loving nature. It really showed up, you know, when he went to the thing with that 30 miles on people. But it really showed up because it it it, it showed up because it showed that he's a man who says, you're not going to break me. No matter mm-hmm. what the system does, you're not going to break me, you know, you know. And if I have to take some time and go in, still not going to break me, because he expresses un- he expresses unconditional love. He got that from me. That's the only way I made it. I had to embrace love. So I love that my son loves the way he does, and I love that my son encourages right everybody around him. He loves him, but he picks on some people a lot. Mm. I like Vance so much more after talking to you. Really? Yeah, she's the, she's I the really best. do. Yeah, I, I'm she's a fan the best, now. She's the best salesman. Um, so people have asked this about you because I mentioned it on the other podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Way Down in the Hole. Uh, I yeah. talked about some of the hoodoo that you've been accused. <laughs> there's There's been accusations coming from my father's side of the family, that you and Momo, is Momo there? Is Mom! That you and, and Momo... And telling people on national television, <laughs> on these people podcasts, that we're hoodoos. Come here, Mom. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you guys <laughs> are, are hoodoos. I'm not saying that you guys are hoodoos. <laughs> come here, Mom. I'm saying that there's been some talk that there's some hoodoo stuff that's happened, that there's different practices that you, if you look in the back there, you know, this is my grandmother. Look in the back. Hey, 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 Momo. Hi, Momo. Hi. Hey, Momo. This is my Bring down some Momo. This is my grandmother right here. Hey, Momo. How are you doing, Hi. Momo? Beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. beautiful. Look at, this is my grandmother. Momo, is it true uh-huh. or or not true that you guys are are who doers? The two no, of no, you. No, no. I wait, wait. No, 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 no. That's the wrong terminology. We are Earth Mothers. I okay. love that. Earth, Earth Mothers. mothers. That's okay. what we are. Earth mothers. And, and what is natural healers. Thank you. Earth mothers and natural healers. 
I'm so, a universal spiritualist. Okay, I need to come home. So I need to get down there. So wait, 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 wait. Let us embrace the feminine, <laughs> so, divine energy of everything that we are. Because you know what? I'll tell you another reason why, why men attack us. I don't know because why. I tell you why. All right, can I tell you? Can I tell you? Can I tell you why real quick? Yeah, I tell you why real quick? Because they know of our power. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not attacking. Always been the more powerful. Wait, wait I'm not attacking. Mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'll tell you why I'm saying this. I'll tell you why. Because one time I was at the house, and Dad was in the house, and Dad walked out of the house, and he saw some broken eggs down. <laughs> He saw some broken eggs in like front of the house and like near where the uh, little garden thing was, some kind of thing. And and it was like early in the morning, like 6.30, 6.45, you had just left early in the morning. And dad said, Van! And so <laughs> that's remember how he used to call me. And he calls me in there and I hear his truck running, right? And the truck is running and he goes and he says, I want you to come here. I want you to see something right now. I want you to see something. And I'm like, okay, dad, like what's going on? Like it's early. It's early in the morning. And he goes, son, I know I can't never talk to you because you don't want to believe nothing about your mama. You don't want to believe nothing about your mama. But I'm going to tell you something right now, boy. Come here. Look at this. He said, your mama and your mamo, they some hoodoos. <laughs> and they put no hoodoo spell on your daddy. They put the hoodoo spell on me. I'm telling you, if my tires bust out or something happened to my boots, I don't know why. I'm telling you right now, it's because your mama and your mama are some hoodoos. And I thought, you know, I, we've never really talked about whether or not you and mama are, in fact, hoodoos. Okay. We've never had this discussion before. So I just decided, not, while everybody's listening, I'd ask you, Forgive two me. beautiful me women. We're going to have to tell him something. First of all, <laughs> From my experience in religion, mm-hmm. and I have been, I'm a Baptist preacher's granddaughter deep in the church. Okay. You know, doing, doing everything that I thought was right. Okay. So I was raised in the church. You were raised in the church, right? Sure. But we were raised based on our environmental conditioning. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I learned <laughs> by... I learned by discovery and research and listening to that inner voice that I'm sorry to tell you that one way is not the only way for anybody for anybody to get anywhere. Because if that was the truth, then we're going to say three-fourths of the other world. The world is going to go, I'm a universal spiritualist, which means every aspect of my ancestors, what they did, I'm talking all my ancestors, I'm even talking about the white ancestry. Jim Wickens be working on something. We have white ancestry in us. Come on, let's be real. If we're going to go ancestry. So I found out that all of this plays a part in the natural frequency of the universe. Okay. And when you co- I see you laughing, Van. <laughs> so when you start talking witchery or hoodoo to me, first of all, I give respect to the Buddhists because that's a religion and a faith. Yeah. You can look at me like you want some. Like, Shit, I shouldn't use it. Huh? <laughs> when you when you do that when you when you come at it like that for one thing you 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 disrespect a lot of people your grandmother 
on your father's side. And your grandmother and your, on your mother's side. And, but, but let me tell you about your grandmother on your father's side. Oh, I know. That I know. lady right there. See? And your Uncle Gil Bishop, G.T. Latham, did some dark and unruly shit to people. Okay. Now, I'm going to say that. Right. So you can say whatever you want. I was scared of your grandmother on your daddy's side a little bit because she did some raw shit to people, you know? Yeah. Who and do, you can't say stuff? anything. You were terrified of it, too. Remember when you oh, I was ter- oh, I was terrified. Remember and I still know. I still know. I saw a lion. I promise. <laughs> I, when I was a kid. I, when I was a kid. He did. My grandma. Uh, rest in peace, my mom. When I was a kid, yeah. I walked in that room she and did. I saw a lion with yep. wings. Yeah. I, I promise you. I saw a lion with wings. Terrified. Terrified. Terrified, little. Terrified. It was it was a miniature like, one, a little lion with wings flying yeah. around. It's a true story. See, we get into some real I South Louisiana shit. I actually don't doubt shit. you. I don't. You I, don't I, have I, family in Louisiana. I, I don't doubt that. you. Okay, I saw so a lion like with wings. You work here, like it's about Vance talking about my room, but <laughs> everything in my room is about a frequency of unconditional love. I mean, I would like to know what could you say about me as a universal spiritualist? Nothing. You're talking about voodoo and voodoo. Voodoo. Let's get it straight. Hoodoo. It's more or less alchemy where if somebody wanted your man or wanted your woman, you know, there's certain things that they would do to their food or what have you in order mm-hmm. to draw them near, right? right. Who doing you? I'm who doing you. I'm not saying nothing about it. Voodoo, much respect. And I'm not saying I don't have, but look, y'all who do it, don't mess with me because I ain't scared of it. I just want to say this out in the universe, right? So we'll have an understanding. I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. Stop, Van. With the hoodoo, but it, <laughs> sometimes the things we we do may look like hoodoo, <laughs> right? Right. But it's not. I get you. It's not. But it's not hoodoo, right? Because but, but and we like and, and we all have respect for Jesus okay, and it's all so and Jesus and Jesus we and we all believe and worship Jesus, right? We all believe in what? Jesus Christ. What about is, it? Is it what okay? About, if, what, what, what about it, Yeshua? Okay. Don't start with me, but okay. I keep you in school. Okay. No. No. No school. Because people are, <laughs> no, right. school's we out. We gotta have a part two. And I'm not saying at all that because my, my, my background is Christianity, okay? But guess what? I was from the side of Christianity where I was a kid, 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 kid sitting back there in the back. So I know what the deacons and my grandpa knew was doing. Don't make me go there. He was, <laughs> he was a love pre- preacher. Everybody mm-hmm. loved your grandfather. Loved him. But after he got out of church, raising that hand up, screaming that voice back saying, Jesus. He was in some ass. Well, and the point of it is, <laughs> he was in all some. men. And I mean, they that, were, they all men. She I'm always serious. takes up for those guys. I take up for him because he's a good father-in-law to me, and I love him dearly. And he didn't do no more than the rest of those preachers did, who had a swinging. You know what? They was all getting some. So, Momo, <laughs> you think it's okay for preachers? To go out she and have say that. a little bit of sex on the side is what you're you saying. You know why? Yes. He can do it. All the rest of y'all do it. All the rest of y'all. All the rest of you do it. So why can't the preacher get him a little bit too? <laughs> Ain't no fun unless we all get some. You're right. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I like all right. it. All right. Listen, you, 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 uh, you, uh, it, you ladies, I love I love the two of you guys so much. Uh, I love um, you. I love I love y'all so much, and I hope that people got a little so bit much. of a taste of the amazing. Oh, I, I can't wait till you get home, Van. We got yeah, something for you. 
so we what can watch mean? Perry Mason together. Perry Mason. <laughs> That's what me and my grandmother watch together. Perry Mason, Little Bill, sometimes some Matlock. That's Matt right. Black. Now, that's my show. No, no. Little Bear. Little, little bear. bear. Little Bear. Not yeah, Little, little Bill. Bill's no, no, not Little Bill. <laughs> little Bear. The Little Bear. All right, y'all. We got to run. Momo, Mama, I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I love you, darling. Love you too. So it's much. so nice to meet you both. It's nice meeting nice to meet you, you too, Rachel. You're absolutely adorable. Thank you. You All are right. beautiful. I can't wait to come home. I'm, yeah, I'm not playing. Home. And I'm you not got playing. to come here when you come home. But that's you, you home. Come? That's home. No, that's home. That's what I'm saying. I'm oh. saying I'm coming to y'all's place. All yes. right. We're going to make you some gumbo, girl. Ooh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gumbo with a side of hoodoo. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> hoodoo me. I don't care. <laughs> I love her. I love her. Bye-bye, mama. Bye. Bye-bye. So, for everybody who's just tuning in now, we got the Lindsays in the house. We got my mom, Kathy Lindsay, and the judge. Judge Lindsay, who is here via video, if you're watching, which is a rare treat because, you know, if you follow me from Bachelor Nation, he is heard of but never seen. So this must be a big deal. Van, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked. Should we just get into it? Yeah, let's just get into it. Van's got the, Van's got the question. So, yeah, I have a question. So <laughs> people, well, first of all, I, I, I'm really happy that you guys <laughs> were able to join us. Rachel, what what do I need to know about Rachel? Me, me, me and Rachel are, are are we have a good partnership. We have good chemistry. I pick on her a lot, right? A lot. I do pick on her a lot because she's already like a sister to me. But if somebody was going to meet Rachel, work with her, be a partner with her, what would they have to know about Rachel? What's like the most important thing to know about her? Ladies first. <laughs> oh. She's real. What you mm. what, what what you get. Yeah. She's uh we've always tried to keep her grounded. Uh, uh she had the best of all the worlds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, both worlds. Yes, both worlds. So um that's the main thing. What you see is what you get. She's uh she's for real. Mm. Dad. I would, <clears throat> I would say she is competitive. She takes strong stands. She believes in whatever she's fighting for. And as my wife said, she is for real. So literally, she does have the best of both worlds, although sometimes they did not understand why I had them in two worlds, why we had them in two worlds. But we told them they would be better individuals, they'd be more prepared in dealing with the world's issues. That is, I have always appreciated <laughs> both worlds. So, so for those listening, you don't get it. My mom grew up in Houston, Texas, inner city, South Park to be exact uh, area. Well, Fifth Ward, Fifth Ward, let me get it right. And then South Park. My dad grew up on a farm, almost said Skid Row, Skidmore, and Skid- <laughs> <laughs> Beeville, Beeville, Texas. So we got, you know, like the country life, we spend summers there. We spend some holidays there. And then with my mom's uh, side, we got the inner city. But then my family's from Louisiana. Like Van Van is from Louisiana, but he's from southern Louisiana. My mom's side comes from northern Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more on the countryside out there, too. So we grew up a lot, you know, going to trail rides, family reunions. So we had a good mix. So that's what right. they mean. But, and I always appreciated that. 
I just would like to. So to best add. by best of both worlds. When you when you say a mix, you're talking about of uh, the country life and of uh, the more sort of inner city life, so that you understand the total experience. Why was that so important for you guys that she had both of those kind of uh, different experiences? Well, I would say this first of all. It's not just the country versus city. You know, at, at one point, she and her sisters complained about going to a school that was predominantly white. And I told her, as the, you need to know how to function in that world because they are the ones who run the country. At the same time, we want to make certain that you uh, stay grounded in your roots, know the other side. I always, I always think blacks have the best of both worlds because most blacks know how to act when they're dealing with whites. Conversely, a lot of whites do not know how to act when they're dealing with, with blacks. And I mean, for example, I tell my colleagues sometimes, look, I have no problem going to speak to a thousand people who are all white, but some of them would feel uneasy if they had to speak to a thousand blacks and they were mm. white there. So mm-hmm. you got the best of both worlds. And frankly speaking, if blacks were in the majority, they may have the same view that whites have now. Mm. But mm. I think it's very important that you're able to function in both worlds. And also always remember from where you came. Mm. That's right. That's right. That's why I didn't lose myself on The Bachelorette (laughs) like they thought that I was going to. What was it like for y'all when y'all saw that she was going on The Bachelorette? Seriously, you're... you're, you're, (laughs) Look at mom. (laughs) Your little girl is going to go find love on the TV. (laughs) What did y'all think when y'all heard that? It was everything against what we had uh, raised her to be. Uh, <laughs> 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 wow. so many, too many. I mean, how do you find love with uh, within that short time with all those guys and all that kissing? And you know, how do you how do you navigate through that? I I I, I did not see it. But well, moreover, frankly speaking, I thought the show was pretty much scripted. <laughs> she, she may dis- dispute that but the bottom line is with any show you got the producers saying you need to do this or this or that because they're always concerned about the ratings they, all the big networks abc cbs nbc fox news cnn all of them they want their ratings to be up so they do not invest in shows that they're th- that they think are going to be failures and so sometimes you have to put things in there that that are exaggerated to get the attention of the audience. And frankly speaking, I think sometimes you see people on those shows, they're really not like that, but they have to act like that because it sells the ratings. It ups the ratings. Now, did you ever see Rachel acting in a way on The Bachelorette that you didn't think she was really that way? He didn't watch. He didn't watch it. Oh. I, I, I didn't. I saw a few excerpts, but I did not watch it because, <laughs> I mean, to, to me, first of all, I just did, do not think those shows. What should I say? Look at the disgusted look on his face. <laughs> those shows. I guess what I'm saying is more, for the most part, a fantasy world. Sure, uh, there are times when people, um, quote unquote, find love or find their mate, and that's fine. A lot of times there's a lot of hype, and frankly speaking, on the, on the parts that I've seen, the individuals 
know what to say. If they do not know what to say, the producers tell them, you need to say this, you need to do such and such and such. So that's why I used the term earlier. I think many times uh, the shows are scripted. I mean, not like a regular show. For example, you got a show that's supposed to last an hour. There's so many, there's so much time for commercials. The outcome is already known because that's the way a show's supposed to end. Mm-hmm. When I'm in trial, I tell folks on the jury, this is not like TV. You always know the outcome. I do not know what the jury's going to decide in this case. Will the defendant be guilty or not guilty? Will a plaintiff recover $5 million or get zero? It's mm-hmm. real in my courtroom. And I do not mm-hmm. know how they're going to rule. And as the case progresses, I can pretty much see how the case is going as to whom should win or who should, as to whom should lose. Mm. Mm. Also, we're, we're very private. We're very private. Mm. And this Not is, anymore. This is going to take <laughs> put us in a, uh, an area that we were totally uncomfortable with. And so that was my uh, main concern. With, uh, I love to make y'all uncomfortable. You know that, though, right? Oh, no, no, no. I live for it. Rach, 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 listen. You're not making me uncomfortable because there's only so much that I'm going to reveal. The fact that I appeared on video, that doesn't mean you will not know the inner workings of my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, okay. okay. <laughs> like, a- a- as a kid, was Rachel rebellious or was she pretty, like, did she go along with the rules pretty much? She pretty much stayed within the lines. Rachel was more mischievous, I would say, if I were going to use the term to describe her. I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, not in a bad way, but um, she was... um. Like she what? had a strong independent streak. Mm-hmm. In fact, several of my friends, when I was working, when I was city attorney, they would say, sir, um, uh, Rachel is a strong will. She's going to be independent. I said, that's fine. I want her to be independent because I want to be able to, you know, uh, stand the ground on anything, hold her own in any situation. So we raised all of our daughters to be independent. We want them to be independent. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mom? Uh, strong will, like my husband said, I saw that at three weeks. I uh, told my husband, no, this is going to be a, she's going to have a strong personality. So you had a temper tantrum. <laughs> three, three weeks old. Three weeks. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, yes. Uh, yes. As my husband said. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I've calmed my temper down. There was a time my dad caught me. I punched one of the neighbors in the stomach. Um, she <laughs> oh, I want to hear this story. <laughs> well, he is, he's, I swear, I think I told you what happened. You didn't see no, no, it. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, to be honest with you, the little girl was nagging Rachel. Rachel had enough. She turned around <laughs> and hit her in the stomach, gut punched her. And when she gut punched you, the little girl literally sat down. That's all she could do. <laughs> I wasn't ha- had enough. I wasn't what was she anymore. doing to you? Do you remember? I have no idea. I, I, I really was- did have a bad temper. Basketball courts. I used to always get in in fights. She had answered her. She had answered her, and I guess that wasn't enough for the little girl. And she kept answering Rachel's. Rachel turn around and hit her in the stomach, and literally. Mm. And he loved it. Girl, I didn't even get in the trouble. Girl for it. sat down. I mean, when you <laughs> I stood up that's how hard she hit her. She sat down. <laughs> what did you guys expect Rachel to be doing with her life? <laughs> I don't like this question. <laughs> what did you guys expect her to be doing with her life? And is it anywhere near what she's doing right now? 
Well, it doesn't surprise me that she's in the entertainment field, but I, I thought Wait, why? I, 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 I suspected, though, I, I expected, that's the correct word, that she would practice law a little bit longer. I didn't think the transformation would come this quickly. That is called so, disappointment. That's not really a disappointment. <laughs> it's just more of, instead of making an oblique turn, you took a hard left or a hard right. That's all. I only know how to do it that way. And, and uh, Mommy, you were shaking your head vigorously when you said, no, this isn't what you expected me to be doing with my life. I never saw that. Never saw it. I, I saw sports. I saw you more as a journalistic sportscaster or something like that, because that's what you went to New York for. To, uh, and you were in NFL? Were NBA, you? NBA. 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 Mm-hmm. Intern. So that's where I saw you. Now, do you guys have any questions for me? Is there anything, I know that you guys listen to the podcast off and on. Is there anything you guys want to know from me? Not so much no, but let me just say this. You know, I've listened to parts of the podcast and I can tell that you are quite intelligent. You can think deep, but sometime in the way you express yourself is not the best way to do it. I mean, for example, you, I don't know whether you're trying to, trying to do it for humor or for emphasis or what, but I would say there are too many curse words. And here's why that's important. As I stated before, I think you're intelligent or what we used to say, my generation, you're hip. I guess what your generation would say, you woke, you know what's <laughs> going on, you're aware, you yes, know what's sir. going on in the community, and that's good. Mm-hmm. But when you're delivering your message, I do not think it's necessary to use that profanity. Here's why. When you do that, it takes away from your message. It really does. I mean, for example, when you have an an argument or discussion with someone and someone resents to name calling, that requires no intellectual effort, no intellectual thinking. It simply shows that the person can only call names rather than meet the opponent's argument with a cogent, intellectual response. So so when you curse, it really adds nothing to your delivery. You're not being a comedian. Mm-hmm. I don't Richard Pryor. You're not, mm-hmm. what's that group? I mean, um, the Kings, Kings of Comedy. Comedy Kings yes, of Comedy, <laughs> D.L. Hughley, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, and uh, who was the fourth? Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, rest in peace. You're not doing it for entertainment. So I really am having difficulty understanding what value does it add to the program. Okay. Is it, is it, is it, okay. Uh, it's, the it's the F word. You love the F word. <laughs> I, I love the F word. Okay. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a fair critique. Fair criticism. In my opinion, this is what I would say to that. Uh, what I would say is when you're having a, when you, when you're doing a podcast, uh, especially a podcast like this one that goes on an hour or 30 minutes or whatever, to me, it's always important for me to communicate with people in plain speak. And uh, uh, in, in the way that I would talk to them if things were in sort of a less formal atmosphere, meaning this isn't really CNN and this isn't, in, this isn't a forum where I'm trying to be my best self. It's a forum where I'm trying to be my most authentic self. And unfortunately, when I am being my authentic <laughs> self, I do happen to use some of those words. So I want people to leave the podcast 
getting a true sense of who I am. And that need, means I have to relax a little bit. So that's, that's the answer that I would give. Uh, Mr. Mr. Lindsay has absolutely, Judge Lindsay has absolutely zero tolerance for that answer. <laughs> it, it made no, Judge no. Lindsay had zero. It, it, it went nowhere. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's an answer that, frankly speaking, I reasonably expected you to make. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, just because I'm a judge and, and in the courtroom, I know what goes on in the real world. I knew what, what went on in the real world way before you uh, did. So I'm not, it's not that, you know, as the Bible says, there's a time and place for everything. The question is, what's the time and place or why is it necessary when you convey any message like that? I mean, for example, under the circumstances that you're describing, I'm trying to see what utility or what use does it bring to your podcast? How did it make you more marketable? How did it make you more acceptable? How does it increase the number of people who want to listen to you? Now, for example, if it's an emerging something, you may have to use those words to get somebody's attention. Mm-hmm. And that happens, you know, that's what police officers say all the time when when somebody's not complying with their instructions, they use those words to, no, to make the suspect or the person who's going to be arrested realize that, hey, we mean business. We, we, we want to get your attention. And the way to get your attention is to use those, t- t- those kinds of words. Now, there's a drawback to that. So this is a segue into something I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. The problem with that, and here's a good example. When police officers use profanity in dealing with the people they're about to arrest or they're questioning, that turns a lot of black people off, and rightfully so. And here's why. They want to be talked to just like they were talked to white people. They do not talk to white people like that. Another thing I do not like police officers to do, don't come up and say, hey, bro, to me. You don't know me at all. You mm. would not tell a white person, hey, bro. So, so it's insulting for me when a police when a white police officer comes up and says, hey, bro, and I've corrected them too about that. You call me, sir, like you call anyone else. The whole thing is we want to be treated equally, just like you treat the mass population. Why mm-hmm. treat us differently? Because when you call us that or you say that, you've already made a decision in your mind. I'm talking about the police officer. Hey, I can treat this person differently. I do not have to give him or her the respect that I would give someone else. Many times the confrontations between blacks take place because police officers do not know how to approach a black people. Mm. That's that's very important. You know, the Bible talks about that too, about a soft answer turns away anger, but grievous, harsh words stir up wrath. In other words, when a police officer snaps at a black person or calls them him or her something that's inappropriate, there's going to be a response. And then the conversation is escalated. The next thing you know, the police officer wants to arrest the black person or the minority person for something that's really not even a crime or something that he or she, the police officer, goads a person into doing. So words do have meaning. That little old saying about sticks and stones may break my bones, the words may never hurt me, that's a lie. Now I understand why it was said because older parents came up with it to make their children have a sense in how to deflect harmful statements made by other kids. Kids can be awfully mean. So he said, you say, hey, look, 
just say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. The truth of the matter is words do hate, do hurt. That's why we have laws against libel and slander. So words, words matter. Um, words definitely matter. And um, I just think there's, there's a place and time for everything. And when something's overused, it becomes a liability. It diminishes the effectiveness of your message. Okay, so I, I, there's, a, there's a word that exists in the English language. And I think it's a word that's actually underutilized in the current times that we live in with such, uh, you know, binary political uh, sort of opinions. That word is compromise. So I'm going to attempt <laughs> to reach a compromise with you, Judge Lindsay. I'm gonna, what I'm going to attempt to do right now is I'm going to plea bargain this. I'm going to try oh, to plea. Gosh, I'm gonna try she's to, probably always been waiting for this moment. I'm try, I have. <laughs> you know, I've never, been, I've never been arrested, never been in court. I am fascinated with the way that the legal system works. You know what I mean? Probably the only man in my family that hasn't been arrested, but whatever. So can we... Get, and you said that without cussing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can we get to a percentage decrease of curse words as an initial step? Because I'm going to be honest with you, cold turkey might be hard. But if if I was to say that I would use 30% less curse words, would that in a way be a start to me coming around and maybe being uh, a little bit more accepted by you, Judge Lindsay. That would be a step in the right direction. I cannot quarrel with that because nobody changes usually overnight. I mean, you do things out of habit. In fact, you know, you do them so often and it just <laughs> almost becomes second nature. So it's hard uh, to remember to do that. You, you know, you kind of have to count to 10. I mean, um, I guess I, Rachel will allow me to say this. Um, you have to have that willingness to want to change. You know, like, it was some years ago, I mentioned the word Oriental. And Rachel said, oh, daddy, you can't say that. You can't say unless, it. Unless you're talking about a rug mm-hmm. or a food. Or yeah. Okay. And so anyway, and she told me about that. And what I had to do was make a conscious effort because when I was growing up, that's what was used. And so anyway, it took, it took, Really not that long, but every time I, I, I would say the word Asian or where the person was from, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, I had one of my fellow judges a while back. Uh, he said, uh, well, you know, Judge, that uh, or, young Oriental law clerk you have working for you. And I politely said, Judge, I don't know if you know this, but I do not want you to be embarrassed or somebody to attack you or be critical mm-hmm. of you. But Oriental is not the word to use when you're talking about a person. Use the term Asian, or if you know the country from where that person is or where the person's ancestors are from, use that word. And that way you'll never have to worry about anything. And, um, and here's what you'll, you'll be surprised. I was talking to one of our judges, and um, she has an Asian parent. And she told me with a straight face. On one of these, on a, on a, in a public forum, that she did not know that the use of that word was offensive until I told her. So, 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 in, so, so anyway, um, 
when you're used to something for so long, you have to make a concentrated effort that you want to do better. And that's with anything. You know, I tell people all along, they talk about, about being under the influence of drugs. And the reason they committed the crime is because they were under some drug. And I said, I understand that. But here's the real deal. Often I will require people to go and have drug treatment, whether it's counseling, whether it's coming in, whether it's taking medication. And some people will say it helps them and other people say it will not help them. What I always tell them, you can have the best counselors, all the drug treatment in the world, but if you do not bring something to the table, it is not going to work. And getting it to work is you have to say, I want to do better. I need to stop this. And we do a lot of things by habit. Yes, there are addictions. When it's an addiction, it's even harder to stop. But for things like cursing or things using racial slurs, uh, people should be able to overcome that or re- using terms that are offensive. People should o- be able to overcome the use of those terms with just a minimal amount of concentration and say, look. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to a minimum amount of concentration. A minimal amount, just try. No, we, I mean, we are going to dedicate the next podcast to you. No, and it's no, going to have 30% less no, no, curse words. 30% less curse, curse words. Right, Rachel, like when you did the example you gave, the minute you said that, I said to myself eight or 10 times, do not use that word, do not use that word. And I may have used that word after you said it within, I may I may have used that word one time, but I, I think I caught myself when I did it because I did not want to be considered a racist or I did not want to disparage anyone. So I made a concentrated effort and it wasn't that hard. Hmm. Well, now, you're, not the, you're not the only one. Some other people have said that Van curses a... Uh, a lot on the podcast. I have wanted to uh, invite my friends to listen to the <laughs> podcast, but I can't because you love the F word. Now I grew up, my, my father mm-hmm. cussed every day. Right. You know, that's that, that was just a part of him, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we couldn't, we were not allowed to. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, so I understand it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, you're very intelligent, very intelligent. I love listening to your um, arguments, your debates. You, but uh, it's a little jarring. Now, now, can I do something else? Is there any possible way that I can blame somebody else? Because I was raised <laughs> in an, I, 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 you know, I don't want to. I know they say that people, kids in this generation, they like to to blame other people, but the reality is that. It, it's seeming you guys are so upstanding now. Look how much I'm standing up straighter. It seems like I was raised, <laughs> if, if I could be honest, if I could just be honest, it seems like I was raised by a bunch of heathens. That's what it seems like. No, because I, just I, heard, I, I heard those words all the time. And no, sometimes I, I, they they seem like they were being loving towards me. Okay. Like, get over here, little F word. You know, like, like, my dad cussed every day. Mm. And, 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 and he, would, you know, he would use the harsh words. Okay. Okay. So I'm not able to blame my father for it. So I'll take responsibility. (laughs) Because here's what you have to do. Okay. As I stated before, we raised all of our daughters to be independent. I want all of them to be successful. And once they get on their own, 
they have to chart their own course. And that's the way it is with you with, with, uh, with custody. And I would say this, almost anything, look at the good on a person, pull the good, use that to advance yourself. Those things that are negative or harmful or take you nowhere, gradually shed them and get rid of them. That's what I would say. That is some of the best advice that I think anyone could get from anywhere. Listen, I can't promise to be perfect, but what I can promise, and what I can promise is that I'm going to make the effort. The 30% challenge starts now. (laughs) And I'm being serious about this. By the way, by the way, I've said this before. I had a, a, a cousin of mine, didn't work out for him. He got 32 years. A cousin of mine was before a judge and the way the judge was controlling the courtroom and the proceedings, I I looked at my other cousin and I was like, judges are born. I don't think that they're made. Someone with that type of dispensation, judges are born. Now this judge ended up, I was, I was admiring this guy and he sent my cousin away forever. But I am terrified of you, Judge Lindsay. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, I and, can tell you had a full and, glass of water when we started and, 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 and I've drank and I've and I've drank the water and like I'm being serious, is that you've actually gotten through to me. Uh and the points were made in a in a in a very real way. And I will try my best to cut down on the cursing on the podcast. But let me show you something, how well you have done. You have not said a single cuss word in these 30 minutes. So I know you have the power to do it. It's- yes. Wait till y'all get off. He's okay. gonna make up. He's gonna make up for that seventy percent. You have the, put it like this. You have the ability to do it. The question is whether you have the will to do it. Oh wow! You have yeah. the ability. That's been demonstrated here. And like I said, now you don't have to stop at thirty percent now. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I love it. I love this, Van. Next time you get at me, I'm going to bring my dad back, send him the Zoom link to come on here. You can come out of the corner now, though. I feel like they've been talking to you. No, no, I'm good. No, 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 no. No, I I needed this. I needed this. Because here's here's the thing. A lot of people, they're too proud to let uh, one of the OGs check them and put them back on their square. I'm not. The OGs. I'm, I'm here to be corrected. You know what I mean? Oh, well, that, that's good. But you know what I tell a lot of people? The biggest impediment to success is the inability to accept constructive criticism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have learned a lot. <laughs> I feel like a better human being from having met the Lindsays today. I, I really do. I really do. I, we, we appreciate you guys taking some time out of... Uh, you have like a whole lost study right there. Look at that. Like that's a whole thing. It's, it's a chambers. It's a chambers. Chambers. That's fantastic. <laughs> I've never been in chambers before. This is, you know, kind of a treat. Do you uh, understand so, now why I'm a Cosby kid? I do. You get it. He calls me a Cosby kid. I do. <laughs> Rachel is, Rachel is, you know, uh, uh, we talked about Rachel being a Cosby kid and we just, we just finished talking to my, my mother who's an African spiritualist. So there's a, there's a, it's She's a dichotomy beautiful. here that works. <laughs> and that's why the chemistry is so good. But I really do appreciate you guys talking with us today. Yes. I learned so much. Thank you so much. This was a big deal. Hmm? Can I say one thing? Sure. When uh, Rachel told me she was going to be working with you, I said, well, I like him. Because I'll never forget on TMZ, 
uh, Rachel's name came up with the bachelorette or something. And I don't, she was, the others were being critical or they didn't know exactly what she was doing, but you were very complimentary. Uh, I can't remember the exact detail, but mm-hmm. uh, I thank you for that. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that. And I, I received that. I think, well, I do remember what you were talking about. Uh, I, I, it, what, I, what ended up happening in TMZ, it's interesting what Judge Lindsay was talking about earlier, is let's say you're in that crowd of a thousand people, right? If you're, you're in that crowd of a thousand people, he's talking about you talk to a thousand people, they're white, talk to a thousand people, they're black, and you're the only black guy. After a while, what you start to do is you start to recognize inside of people sort of the uh, inherent biases that they bring to things when they're not even trying. Because see, when someone's trying to be a certain way, it's almost childlike. You can parse through intentional racism and look through it, and it, it becomes comical after a while, like you really feel that way. But when someone's not trying to be that, when that's just inside of them, it's insidious because you can't talk them out of it. And so when you have six bachelorettes that you guys have glowing reviews for, and then you have one bachelorette and you have all of these problems, I'm trying to get you to understand that there's something behind that. Mm-hmm. And I see that. And I'm here with you every day. I wouldn't make a snap judgment on you, right? But I'm here with you every day. So I have enough of a case study to know how you look at things. And so it, 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 in that particular instance, I was like, you guys don't see that there's a reason why you're picking her apart? And it's and even if they yeah. even if they can come back and say that there's not, then it's worth the conversation. No, no hurt feelings. But most of the time, the first thing you get is anger, and then the second thing you get is the come to Jesus moment, where they're like, you know, see, I almost cursed. I was going to say the D word, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I stopped myself. But you no, know, and I think that's what was going on. But I'll tell you what, what I didn't know was that the best thing to do would have been able was to get Rachel on the face or a Skype or let her talk to the people because she can handle herself way better than anybody else can take <laughs> over her. She, can, she got that on lock. She don't need no help from nobody when it comes to breaking somebody down. Very true. You remember mm-hmm. that. Okay. Well, you thank, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank right. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Awesome. You're welcome. Thanks again, Van. No problem. No problem. <laughs> right. no problem. Pleasure <laughs> to meet the both of you. All right. Take care. Bye, Bye guys. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.